now your sin grieves you. Previously, you were one who was at home with your sin. Your sin grieved God. It did not grieve you. And now that you have received the effectual call, resulting in repentance from sin and faith in Christ, now though you sin, you sin as a new creation. This is Timeless Truth Today, and I'm your host, Matt Williams. Welcome to part four of Jesus Begins His Ministry, a study in Matthew's Gospel, chapter four, from Pastor Paul Twiss. Verses 18 through 22 are our text for today. On Friday, the message included a term, the effectual call, and today Pastor Paul will continue that discussion. If you've read the Bible, especially the New Testament Gospels, you've probably wondered why the future apostles, like Simon Peter, Andrew, James, and John, apparently left immediately to heed the call from Jesus so quickly. Today, Pastor Paul will focus on Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, to answer your question. His conclusion, quote, This very interaction had been ordained before the foundation of the world, end quote. Peter and Andrew may have thought this was a chance encounter, but they would soon learn God was very much involved in it. Here's part four of Jesus Begins His Ministry. The outworking of God's gracious call in your life is one of the utmost gratitude. A disposition which is not grateful is invariably one way or another a heart that has lost sight of the grace of salvation. The king's call is a gracious call. Number two, the king's call is a specific call. It is a specific call which leads to an assured people. There is a difference between what we call the effectual call, what we see here in this text, and what we would call the general call. These are different categories, again, that you can find in all manner of theologies, the effectual call and the general call. There is a difference between the two. The general call is a call that I would make on a Sunday morning. I would appeal to anyone here who has not put their faith in Christ savingly, repent of your sins, turn away from that which dishonors God, cast yourself upon Jesus, find in him a sufficient Savior, and your sins will be forgiven. That's a general appeal from me, a mere man, to you, mere people, and there's an option there. There are many that will hear that and walk away from it. In God's grace, he may render my general call an effectual call to some, such that there will be some that respond. But for my part, all I've done is issue this general call. In the Lord's providence, in Matthew's writing, we have, I think, an example of a general call in the preceding text. In verse 17, when Jesus preaches, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, still fully man and fully God, he is issuing there what seems to be a general call. 
He's appealing to the crowds. And as you know, many will walk away from that. And then in verse 19, the call shifts to the effectual call. So there are differences between the two calls. One of the differences is that of specificity. The general call goes out to everyone, and it can be resisted, it can be ignored. The effectual call is a laser-focused beam to individual by individual, and it cannot be resisted. The effectual call is a specific one. It goes to the individual. God gets into your heart with the truth of the gospel, and you cannot say no. When the effectual call is issued, his grace is irresistible. The person that receives that call is a Christian. Their lives are forever changed. They are now on board a disciple of Jesus. Their names are found in the book of life, and they will one day be with Jesus forever. That is the nature of the effectual call. It is specific, and we praise God for that. Again, the narrative doesn't give us all of the details that we might want, but elsewhere we could unpack the theology of the specific call through the epistles and see that it starts to introduce doctrines such as election and predestination. Again, you see how our morning and evening complement each other so well. We've been learning in the evening services that God made a choice before the foundation of the world. Before you were, he chose you. He predestined you and he elected you unto salvation, which means this encounter by the Sea of Galilee was not a chance encounter. The disciples may have been viewing it in that way on this day. It just so happened today that this guy walked by and beckoned me to follow him. Perhaps they, that's how they saw it. We understand through the teaching of Scripture that this very interaction had been ordained from before the foundation of the world. In exactly the same way, whatever is your salvation testimony, God decided that it would be such. And we praise God for these realities because there are inferences that fall out of them. When you see the truth of this specific effectual call, you understand that one of the inferences is that if God chose you, he will not let you go. If God has made a choice from before the foundation of the world that you would be his, and that's the way in which your salvation came into effect, he's not going to be complacent about your sanctification or your glorification. The same logic that underpins your justification carries on throughout the rest of your Christian life. Namely, the specificity with which he called you carries on into each and every day as a believer, your sanctification and the day in which you will meet the Lord Jesus. He is not going to let you go. Think about the alternative. If on this day, 
Jesus made a general call that it was possible to deny. Follow me, whoever decides that they would like to. And it just so happens that two of the fishermen said, we, we think we're going to go. If that had been their reality, I wouldn't hold out much hope for when times get tough with Jesus. I don't think that these men will carry on with Christ when persecution comes. If the reality had been that in some way they responded to a general call, now I'm not so sure what happens when we get to the Garden of Gethsemane. Not only would they be falling asleep, but utterly fleeing, never to be associated with Jesus ever again. The only reason that you wake up tomorrow a Christian is because God was gracious and sovereign and the only actor in your salvation. You brought nothing to the equation of your justification. And because of that reality, you will wake up a believer tomorrow morning. And 10,000 years from now, you will still be one who trusts in Christ. You see how the specificity of the effectual call leads to an assured believer, a comforted believer, one who can rejoice in the security of their salvation. That is the reality of his citizens. I think often we can lose sight of this truth because, of course, as we are justified, as we are proclaimed, as belonging to Christ, we do keep on sinning. We do keep on sinning. And so as we walk out the Christian life and grow ever more aware of our failings, we can sometimes question whether that initial act of faith, that expression of faith that came from our hearts was genuine. We can look back and say, was that even a real thing when I put my faith in Christ? When I heard the gospel, did I truly respond? Because what I see now is ongoing sin. And of course, the truth is your sin, even your sin today, is of a fundamentally different nature to your sin from when you were an unbeliever. Your sin today issues from a, a, new, a new life. You're not perfect. You're striving to be Christ-like. The disciples also would stumble and falter all their earthly lives. But now your sin grieves you. Previously, you were one who was at home with your sin. Your sin grieved God. It did not grieve you. And now that you have received the effectual call resulting in repentance from sin and faith in Christ, now though you sin, you sin as a new creation. You are fundamentally different and your sin grieves you just as it grieves God. So you can be assured by virtue of Jesus' call. Number three the king's call is not only gracious and specific, but it is authoritative. The king's call is authoritative. You'll notice there's no deliberation when Jesus says, follow me. 
I think there's something to the fact that Matthew keeps the narrative very brief, very short. He doesn't give us many details. He records the the mere facts of the matter. Jesus went up to them. He issues an imperative, and they follow him. Not only do they follow him, but they leave their nets behind. This is implications for the rest of their earthly lives. They just left behind their livelihoods, and they don't know what lays ahead of them. They have no idea the teaching that will follow from Jesus, the demands that he will place on their lives. They have no idea what they'll be doing after Jesus ascends to heaven, and yet they drop everything and they follow. Then Jesus goes on and he calls two more fishermen, low economic status, uneducated men. He's building his kingdom through these fishermen And they're with their father. And he says, follow me. Same imperative we can imply. And immediately, they left their boat and their father. They are willing to walk away from their livelihood and their family to follow Christ. When you read Mark's gospel, you'll see that immediately is his favorite word. Read through Mark's gospel, see how often he uses that phrase, and that's In Mark's telling of the story, a means of getting us to the cross. He wants to very quickly bring the cross into view, and so he keeps using this word. That's not the case with Matthew. And so the use of immediately here, twice in this few verses, is highly significant. He's being very emphatic about the nature of these men's obedience. Their obedience was complete. It was total. It wasn't hindered. They didn't need to step to one side and deliberate as to whether they wanted to follow this man. And the explanation for that is simply that the king's call is authoritative. It is authoritative just as it was, as we've already thought about this morning, when Jesus called dead Lazarus out of the tomb. An authoritative call that reigns even over dead bodies. Now, why is that? How were these men able to respond so readily to such an authoritative call, you have to understand their leaving of their nets, their leaving of their families is but the fruit of a much deeper, much more profound theological truth that the effectual call gives a new heart. The citizens in receiving the effectual call receive that new heart. It is not a call that directs upon a slightly different trajectory, helps in some way to tread out a new path. That is not the foundation of this call. When Jesus says, follow me to anyone, he's not saying, how about a slight life change? He's not saying, let's address a few of these habits that you've got. Let's see if we can address a few of these ways in which your life isn't quite up to the expected standard. That's not what's happening. And so when they leave their nets and leave their father, that is but what's happening on the surface. That is but the fruit of what happens in the heart when Jesus issues the effectual call. Specifically, when he says, follow me in a declarative, authoritative sense, he is issuing a new heart. The truth of regeneration is part and parcel with the effectual call. 
We sung of that again this morning in the hymn just prior to the sermon. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Behold, I freely give the living water, thirsty one. Stoop down and drink and live. I came to Jesus and I drank of that life-giving stream. My thirst was quenched. My soul revived and now I live in him. When Jesus issues the effectual call, his citizens are made new. Finally, the king's call is gracious, specific, authoritative, and it is purposeful. The king's call is purposeful, which renders his people as active. Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you, I will cause you to be fishers of men. We know these words well. We use them in evangelistic contexts. It's a wonderful truth that Jesus gives to these men. He's, of course, playing off of the reality of their livelihood. They were fishers of fish, and now they'll be fishers of men. What's interesting about this word picture is that it is found in the Old Testament, specifically hidden away in the book of Jeremiah. And you'll remember from a few weeks back when we thought through Matthew's use of Jeremiah, that prophet is a prophet of much judgment. And in Jeremiah, God speaks of being a fisher of men in the context of rendering judgment. Even if you think about what it is to, to fish a fish, there's not much joy for the fish in being caught. <laughs> it's originally used in an Old Testament context to speak of God's judgment. Now, that is not necessarily to say that here, as Jesus says, I'll make you fishers of men, that he's speaking solely exclusively about a ministry of judgment, but probably more holistically, he's saying Come with me and I will make you into those that bring people to a point of decision. You will be those that issue the general call. Some will respond. For some, it will be the effectual call. They'll respond in salvation. To others, it won't. They'll walk away and they will be judged for having heard the gospel and not responded. Jesus is portraying that will be the nature of their ministry. More broadly... He is saying, follow me and I will make you kingdom builders. Follow me and I will never give you a day off. You will all be, always, always be doing the work of the kingdom. When Jesus issues the effectual call, he calls us into service. He makes his people very active people. They will forever after be doing the work of the ministry, laboring so as to build the kingdom in a way that accords with your gifting. God gifts to the church all manner of gifts, and you use those gifts to serve the body, and Lord willing, in his wisdom and providence, to increase the body by bringing in sinners into the truth of the gospel. And this is our truth today. In the Lord's providence, as I was working on this very point, one of my children walked in the other day, and out of nowhere... They said, Dad, what's a good age to retire? 
And I said, son, I'm not there yet. (laughs) But we had a good conversation about it. And we talked about the wisdom that there is in, at some point in life, leaving formal work and acknowledging the reality of old age. But then we went on to talk about the fact that, in a sense, Christians never retire. We keep laboring until the day that Christ calls us home, because that's the nature of the calling that we have received. Jesus does not call us so as to be idle. He doesn't call us so as to do nothing and watch him do everything. Jesus calls us to be co-laborers with him, building his kingdom, laboring until that day when Christ returns. And so Christians ought to be very active people. And that is the nature of the effectual call. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he instructs two fishermen to follow him. And through that tension, through that context, we see that the king's call is a gracious one that makes his people grateful. The king's call is a specific one that renders his people comforted. The king's call is an authoritative one that makes his people new. And his call is purposeful, that makes us active until the day in which he returns. Let's pray in response. Our Father, we give you thanks for this short narrative that we see this morning, expanded upon so many other places in Scripture, Jesus' effectual call to bring sinners unto salvation with all authority and with all grace, with all sovereignty and with all purpose, Jesus instructed these men to follow him. And we see the glorious realities of that call, not only in their lives, but in ours also. The effectual call is one that is authoritative, it is gracious, it is specific, and it is with purpose so that, properly considered, we today are grateful people. We are comforted and assured people. We are new creations, and we are active. Father, we commit our hearts to you in response to these truths. May we be found as your kingdom citizens, awaiting that day when Christ returns. May we be living in light of the call unto salvation that we have received. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You are listening to Timeless Truth Today. Scripture tells us the disciples left everything to follow Jesus. And Scripture assures us that those he called stayed the course, all except Judas Iscariot, the betrayer, but even doubting Thomas was there. They made their life's work fulfilling the Great Commission as commanded by their risen Savior. The effectual call of these disciples was irresistible. There were many others reached by Jesus' general call when he preached repentance, healed the blind, fed the 5,000, and cleared the money changers out of the temple. Scripture tells us those who did follow Christ were chosen before the foundation of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about God's gracious outreach to all people, all nations, come to our website, timelesstruthtoday.org. 
Select broadcasts to find more on pastors' teachings, including this series. If this program has a positive impact on your walk with Jesus, will you consider making a financial gift to be a part of what God is doing through this outreach ministry? Your support will help us continue to reach thousands of souls with the good news of Jesus. On our homepage, TimelessTruthToday.org, select Donate to make your gift of any size. Thank you for your consideration. Timeless Truth Today is a teaching ministry of Pastor Paul Twiss, a listener-supported outreach of Bethany Bible Church in Thousand Oaks, California. I hope you'll tune in again tomorrow for part five in our series, Jesus Begins His Ministry from Pastor Paul Twiss. I'm Matt Williams. Thank you for listening to Timeless Truth Today.